Warriors, this is the Spartan Underground. And now, your host, James 300 Foster. What's up, Spartan Warriors? I'm back for the second episode of the Spartan Underground. Very excited that I'm going to have an interview on here with Julia Gumpert from Mission 22. And it's actually going to be a double feature. After that, we're going to have an interview with uh, Jeff Perez of New Defion. I said it right that time, I think. I butchered it on my last podcast. My apologies to Jeff. Uh, very hard to pronounce, but a very cool cause. Uh, what else is going on here? Well, I'm still uh, taking applications for official sponsors of the podcast. I've had a bunch of different requests from people. If you would like your business to be featured, I'm going to have a PDF that I'm going to be uploading to my website here very soon of the application. But in the meantime, you can email me at coach at fbjjonline.com again coach at fbjjonline.com and inquire about the application and we can uh, get you set up to be featured on here so very excited for the second episode i hope you guys enjoy it here we go what's up everyone i'm here with julia gumpert from mission 22 how are you doing today, Julia? Doing well, thank you. Uh, it's very awesome to have you here. Um, Mission 22 is something very close to my heart and uh, wanted to take this opportunity today since you're in town. It's such a small world uh, that you have family here in Washington State and uh, wanted you to kind of tell everybody how Mission 22 was founded and how it all came about. Yeah, of course we appreciate the opportunity to be here. We've been so blessed to go to so many different jiu-jitsu academies this year meet wonderful people like you um, and your students here, so we appreciate it. So Mission 22 um, started as a project of Elder Heart, which is a not-for-profit out of Nashville, Indiana. That was started uh, by Tom Spooner, Mike Cassell, and Magnus Johnson, uh, three Special Forces operators from the uh, U.S. Army, um, got together and noticed that uh, the war at home was an issue, the war with veteran suicide and PTSD stigma, and, and the difficulty keeping the family as a unit and the support here from the community at home. So, so what we do is we do large-scale art projects to draw attention to veteran social issues. We are in the process of constructing the first-ever monument to men and women who have taken their lives here on domestic soil. Um, 22 giant steel targets um, cut out of actual, um, actual soldiers um, laser cut that will be a, a moving monument of these 22 targets. Very cool. If you don't mind me asking, uh, what's the 22 in Mission 22 stand for, uh, just for our audience who's listening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, a minimum of 22 veterans a day take their own lives. This is the official uh, government statistic. We, we 100% uh, know that the number is higher. Um, this number is specifically only in, uh, for men and women who are in the uh, Veterans Administration system. So if you have 
someone who's a veteran and if you know and they've taken their own life unfortunately outside of the system and had a private physician they're not even included in that statistic also doesn't include active duty um, th- this is an issue that's not um, it's not strictly a VA issue this is not strictly a veteran community issue issue this is an American problem that we we need to address and and correct oh, I couldn't agree more um, how did Mission 22 get involved with the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, and where was it involved prior to that? So originally, I contacted Mission 22. Um, I'm a physician assistant in North Carolina, and I had a, a patient take his own life and leave a very uh, personal letter um, to me. It was it was a wake up call for me. It 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 really um, made me uh, search and determine uh, different ways as a healthcare provider to risk stratify. Um, the veterans that we were letting fall through the crack in the medical community. Um, when when I contacted uh, Elderheart, I told him what I wanted to do, and, and this originally started as a climbing project. Ben and I climb, uh, rock climb quite a bit, um, and through a roundabout way, my husband's doing ju- has been doing jujitsu for the last several years. He uh, connected us with Alan Shabaro. Um, Alan opened up his his heart and his academy to me. I went down. Um, gave a, a quick spiel to the jiu-jitsu community, and, and they just have opened up their, their arms, their academies. Um, and, and so pretty much Allen was our catalyst, and now we have an actual core jiu-jitsu team that consists of uh, a brown belt and three black belts, and we're, you know, we're available for anyone, anytime. Very cool, and I'm uh, honored to be part of that team. Yes, you know, yes, you Thank you, you are. for that. Uh, a lot of people don't know this, but my uh, one of my grandpas committed suicide a few years back. So uh, suicide is definitely an issue that I take very seriously. And I, I feel that if there's anything we can do to help, uh, I think we should do it. So I really appreciate what you're doing. It means a lot to me. Yeah, we, we appreciate it. I, I don't want everyone involved to be personally touched by suicide because, you know, we, we, don't, want, we don't wish that on anyone. That, that pain is unlike... Um, I, you know, it's it's a pain that's deep, and I, I'm sorry for your loss. But our our goal is that, uh, you know, we we want to f- we want to foster solutions. <laughs> um, we firmly believe that jujitsu saves lives. I've seen it. Um, it it's it's a, a pressure relief for my husband when he comes home. It's discipline. Um, it's it's commitment. It's dedication for a common goal with brothers and sisters on and off the mat. And uh, if, you, if you want to learn more about the jujitsu events, you can always find uh, myself on Facebook. We post them up on the main uh, Facebook page for Mission 22. Um, and then the website's mission22.com. Awesome. We, so that's where people can go to get more info. And, uh, and also, uh, is that where they can go if they want to find out how they can support and help the cause? Absolutely. You can donate. So we're, we're a very transparent organization. One, uh, we have no overhead as, as an organization right now. Um, we, we have gear that, that you can purchase on there. Um, now we have um, uh, competition legal patches that are on there that look pretty sharp on a gi. Um, when you when you buy a T-shirt, when you buy a gi, yes, the money goes 100% towards the foundation of the monument and creating and fostering and supporting these other organizations that are part of the solution. But what it does is it creates it creates a conversation, and through the conversation, people begin to feel a sense of accountability, and through accountability, we, we create change. Awesome, Julia. Well. 
Actually, technically, you're my very first podcast guest, yeah. even though uh, <laughs> Keith Owens' episode's going to come out first. Yeah, right. I, I really appreciate you uh, sitting down and taking the time to do this, and uh, just thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Your academy was wonderful. Your students are fantastic, and you're a world champ on and off the mat. Thank awesome. You. Happy holidays to you guys. Thank you. Same to you. Excited to be here on our second episode uh, today. I'm here with uh, Jeff Perez. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me. I uh, really appreciate it, and uh, glad I'm here to support. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you being on, and uh, I'm going to try to not bush- butcher the name here this time. So, uh, you're the founder of New Defione. Is that correct? Did I say it right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, a uh, yeah, it's new Defion. Defion. Gotcha. Perfect. Yeah. I, I'll get it right eventually. Ah, uh, no worries. <laughs> Jeff, could you tell us a little bit about your, uh, your background and kind of how you got involved with the jujitsu community? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Let's see, the first time I actually ever uh, stepped on a mat, I think I was 17 years old. It was, uh, it's kind of ironic, actually. It was at uh, Rod Rice's house. That would be uh, Tanner Rice's father. Oh, and, very cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy how it happened. I was 17 years old, and my sister's boyfriend at the time, he was uh, real big into rolling all the time, and you know, he was, uh, you know, he always asked me to go and yeah, I thought about it. I was a high school wrestler. So him being my sister's boyfriend, I kind of figured that I was going to, uh, kind of take it to him a little bit. So, uh, I went to Rod's place uh, and it was really super cool. I mean, it was it, basically the garage open. It was completely matted out and, uh, we just went inside and, started rolling and I mean, I thought I was doing pretty good and, uh, we were wrestling and doing kind of what I wanted. And then I just started getting tapped left and right and then found out real fast that I had no clue what I was doing and, uh, kind of quit cause it was a little bit of a shock to my ego. And, um, I think right after that, I pretty much went into the military. So I kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit and, uh, was still kind of grappling, mostly wrestling. And, uh, sometime around 2007, I graduated from the, uh, special forces qualification course and, uh, ended up going to the same, uh, unit that Alan Shabaro was at. So, you know, that was kind of unique. And, uh, so I met Alan in, uh, 2007, early 2008, and then started kind of rolling from there. So, you know, that's kind of how it started. Very cool. Now, uh, how did you come about founding your organization? Well, 
it was kind of at a time in my life where uh, jujitsu had really done so much for me that I wanted to do something that kind of bridged the gap between uh, the military and jujitsu. There, there had been a couple of people that had, you know, kind of done it before. You know, Matt Larson was the founder of the Modern Army Combatives Program and really got integrated with the Gracies and you know Ranger Regiment back in the nineties. And, uh, when he was doing that, um, you know, it turned out really well and there was a huge, um, kind of a, uh, incline of combatives in jujitsu within the military. And there were some of us that, I mean, we didn't really fit into that mold as much in our community. And we really wanted to kind of design something that was for us, you know, so that's kind of like what we did. So I uh, I started it up and uh, took something from you know our community and started the company and then really wanted to bridge the gap between the special forces and jujitsu as a whole because there's a lot of us that train and um, but we didn't really have something that was for us. So that was the intent behind it. Well, that's great, and uh, I really like what you've been doing, and I'm I'm very honored to be one of your sponsored athletes. And uh, uh, maybe for the people who don't know, kind of what kind of things does the the brand provide, and, and kind of what's the direction that you're uh, you're looking to go in with it in the future? Oh well, actually, you know, I'm really glad you asked because I get a lot of emails and I get a lot of messages on Facebook from everybody that you know they kind of want to know the same thing and. Um, for us, what it kind of started out with was, um, you know, really, really started with our relationship with show your role at the time. And I had basically, like I said before, you know, jujitsu had done so much for me. So I wanted to do something for the guys in our community. So I decided that I wanted to design the first ever special forces gi. And, um, so I went to a bunch of companies and I wrote, uh, letters and you know none of them seemed to really be interested and then finally I, I was such a, a big fan of show your role at the time I uh, I uh, basically uh, had you know I had two show your role geese I had the uh, the version one seventh son and uh, Ryan Hall's 5050 so I went ahead and I wrote an email to bear at the time thinking that there's no way that you know this is gonna go my way and he called me like 40 minutes later. He didn't even email me back. He just called me and uh, explained to me that, you know, he had a lot of guys that wanted to do geese and he, he read my email and uh, just felt like he wanted to do it. So that was the beginning of the relationship. And we designed the gi and it took us a couple of years to get it out because he was so busy at the time. And I was super busy. I was still deploying a lot and uh, training all the time. So you know, we finally released it and that kind of started it for us. And then later on, we kind of, we began to evolve. So we decided that from that point on, we wanted to have an exclusive relationship with Show Your Roll and then uh, start to merge the company towards what the initial intent was, which was to create a collaboration company that dealt with uh, only American made products. Well, that's great. And for those uh, in the minority out there who aren't already addicted to show you roll, uh, the gi you guys did is actually one of the most rare and sought after uh, 
models of show you roll and I have to say I'm one of the people I really wanted it but that initial batch you guys only did up through uh, size A4 so I missed out on that one yeah yeah it was uh yeah it was it was a little unique it was um i at the time uh hindsight being 2020 uh really wish that i would have been able to do uh, a lot more but um i was still pretty new pretty new at the game and and uh it kind of blows people away all the time because somebody will they'll hit me up and say hey man do you know where there's like an a4 that i can get a hold of and I go back still today and even look at the spreadsheet and I let them know. I'm like, hey, man, I, you know, sorry to tell you this, but, you know, we only created four of those and that's it. So, um, you know, they're, and then they're just kind of blown away like, wow, so there's only four A4s. And I'm like, yeah, there's only four of them. But, yeah, and um, I, I'm probably one of those guys that messaged you because I was trying to figure out a way I could, uh, you know, maybe go on a, uh, a water diet and uh, cut myself down to where I could fit in an A4. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you and a few other guys, because there's a couple people that have um, like A2s that that wear like A3, A3H or you know whatever the size is, and they're like, oh, I'll just lose 20 pounds and it'll fit, and they refuse to get rid of it. They're like, hey, I'm not going to get rid of it. Yeah, that's great, a great incentive to stay in shape, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny. But, um, so uh, your reasoning for uh, going with show you roll, and this is something that I uh, I kind of touch on with people that show you roll is is much more than just cool geese. The the people behind the brand are just incredible. So uh, you had a a good connection with Bear right off the start. I'm assuming. Yeah. It well, it was a. It just kind of seemed to fit. Um, I was, I was very attracted to the, to the show your role motto, you know, the, the rebels against the mainstream and, um, you know, the translated, uh, words for a new death or we defy. So, um, the whole we defy and, you know, rebels against the mainstream is just, it just really kind of fit. And I think that through kind of fostering that relationship with bear and sitting down and, you know, having a lot of phone conversations and understanding where both of us wanted the direction of the brand to go and how it fit in with Show Your Role. It was, uh, it just really seemed to uh, melt together and basically just a perfect relationship. Well, I also wanted to ask you, I, I understand that uh, sometimes people are a little confused. There's some uh, connections between uh, Mission 22 and dual forces and what you do and also uh the we defy foundation so kind of what uh what different branches does your brand uh focus on compared to those other kind of offshoots to of your brand uh well yeah that's pretty interesting um well i'll start with the mission 22 um i had had a tragedy in my life at the time and uh, Julia and Ben are, you know, really good friends of, uh, mine and my family's. So, uh, Julia had come to me and kind of introduced the mission 22, um, about the same time as, uh, I believe Alan was getting involved with it as well. So we both started getting involved with it at the same time. And, um, it was something that was really passionate, you know, for us to be involved with, um, just I think their mission statement and what they do alone was something that was really easy for us to kind of gravitate towards. 
and really support. Uh, one, because I'm still enlisted, and two, because you know I, I've I've read all the I've read all the Facebook posts and I've seen all the all the issues in the news with it, and it was just something that was really easy for us to get involved with, and we wanted to help as much as we could, and uh, just to bring light to the subject of veteran suicide and how important it is to combat against it. Um, so it was just really easy. And then from that, we uh, kind of uh, decided that we were going to get involved with Alan and the We Defy Foundation. And the work that him and Joey Bozick are doing is absolutely phenomenal And uh, starting that up and the rehabilitation for wounded veterans through martial arts and jiu-jitsu is, I think, incredible. And again, it's just really uh, closely related to us you know, Alan being, you know, the black belt that I train under and, you know, compete under and him and Joey uh, starting that up. So and I, and there is some confusion with some people who who um, don't follow as closely and see it. So, you know, I, it's kind of like one of those things where I talk about the collective all the time. And um, the collective is actually something that's quite special because we're all very interconnected, yet we all work on several different projects. And then somehow in the midst of all the chaos, we're able to come together and kind of work on the same things, help each other. And it's, you know, mutually beneficial for everybody within the community. Yeah, that's definitely something that I think is really special about what you guys are doing. And, and everybody's kind of taken up their own area and, and shown their support. Um, so what... Uh, what are your sponsored athletes that you have on, on now? I mean, I'm honored to be one. Do you Are you seeking out more athletes to sponsor, or is that something that you're kind of keeping uh, limited for the time being? Uh, yeah, we pretty much capped it out for 2015 with all the guys that we have now. And, uh, again, just being part of the collective, everybody that started with us from the very beginning. Um, it's a It's definitely a cool relationship because – it's one of the things where I had to sit down and really kind of orchestrate what it is that I wanted to do. And, you know, Alan had called me one day and told me not to forget about all the guys that, you know, really helped us get going. And, you know, I think the the top 15 or the 15 or 16 that we sponsor have all pretty much been with us since the very beginning. I mean, since we launched, it was everybody that was showing support. So, um, when we decided to start the sponsorship program, it was, was more of a, not what sponsors could do for us, but just how we could kind of showcase everybody's, uh, journey and talent in jujitsu as a whole. Um, it was really kind of important for us to do. Um, and it was something that I think as a company, we're not, we weren't really looking for anything from the athletes or anything. We just wanted to really show everybody in the community that hey these are the guys that supported us from the beginning very cool now uh, how has jiu-jitsu uh, impacted your life uh i'm assuming it's a a pretty big part of your life and something you enjoy doing since you've been doing it so long uh what are some of the benefits you've you've recognized in yourself from training well i think that um i think the best sum that up really is that it it as, as, a, as a guy that's in special forces or a guy that's an operator or, you know, anybody that's in the military in general, for us, it's, it's something that we're able to continue to do. I mean, combative sports are always going to be something that guys like, you know, myself and, you know, Alan and other guys that are in the military, guys like Pete Wilhelm and, you know, Joey and 
all those guys that uh, get out and uh, combative sports is just something that it just comes natural for them to do. It's just, it's just a real easy transition um, that just keeps you in part of the fight. For me, that's a huge thing because um, it's a way for me to decompress. Um, it's just, you know, for that hour and a half that I'm on the mat, you know, I'm just thinking about the puzzle that's in front of me and what I can do to better myself. And then there's a lot of things that have to do with confidence, especially when uh, when I was still on a team. It was something that, uh, you know, the confidence level that it gives you when you walk into a house or you walk into a situation that you can, you know that you're going to be able to handle it no matter what. Um, and, and then also coupled with the fact that it's great for, you know, the anaerobic and the aerobic, you know, features of the sport in itself are uh, phenomenal and uh, great for guys like me, you know. But then again, I mean, you, you know, you can argue that, you know, yoga is just as important. But um, yeah, uh, you know, as someone who's been around, you know, I've been doing martial arts now for almost 30 years and about 20 of those years have been dedicated Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, I, I always tell people it's very unique compared to any anything else I've ever been involved with. And I think it's one of those things where it's hard for people to understand until they try or get involved with jiu-jitsu. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, for sure. I, I've had, um, I don't know, probably... Um probably 10 or 15 people that have uh, started up doing jujitsu. And uh, since I've started, and you need guys that are friends, personal friends, things like that. And, you know, it's always the same thing. You know, they come to you and they ask you, you know, what's it going to be like? And, you know, you always, you always try to be honest with them and let them know that, well, you know, you know, the first year is kind of, it's kind of brutal. And uh, it's, I think it's hard for guys in my community to do it because, um, it is so brutal that first year, you know, you, uh, and for some of us for even longer than a year, it's, um, they, they struggle with the fact that it's something that they're not good at. And that's hard for a lot of guys in my community, especially a type personality individuals that have always kind of fostered the, the belief that they're the best at everything. And then they step on the mat and then, you know, they find out real fast that, wow, you know, this is a lot harder than it looks. And, but for the guys that stick with it, you know, they're just like the rest of us, they get bit with the bug and and they don't want to quit. And it becomes part of their, part of their culture and part of their life. And, and they just keep going. Yeah. It's definitely a humbling experience, uh, for, for a lot of the reasons you described and, uh, you know, but it also, like you said, once they're hooked, it's usually, uh, you got to try to keep them off the mats versus trying to get them to come to the mats. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I have friends that call me like, so, uh, so, Hey, I was driving home and I was thinking about that Kimura and, uh, and that's kind of when I know that's kind of when I know that, all right, he's hooked because if, uh, if a guy can tell me that he's driving and thinking about jujitsu or he's on, he's on the shooting range and he's thinking about jujitsu or, you know, wherever it is that he's at, you know, I have, you know, friends that'll call me say, Hey, so I had this dream. And I want to try this thing on the mat. And I know for sure that, all right, this guy's hooked. You know, he's not going to quit. And, um, and that's basically how it goes. Um, and that's what you're hoping kind of everybody does. Um, but, you know, not all of them are like that. Some of them will, uh, you know, they'll quit after a while. You know, I, I kind of notice that some guys will get their blue belt and then, you know, they kind of quit after that. But Yeah, you know. it's really unfortunate. I think you probably saw the, the little meme that I posted today about uh, – 
who remembers the guy that quits <laughs> kind of thing. It's like, uh, you know, nobody remember the guy that quits, but there are, unfortunately there are a lot of people like you spoke about who maybe uh, the end game for them was that blue belt. And, and once they reached that goal, they were perfectly happy and didn't want to go on any further. Um, with my students, I really stress that, you know, the uh, a certain belt shouldn't be the end point. It should be your goal to uh, try to gain complete mastery of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which, as you and I know, is not something any of us are ever going to attain, no matter how long we train. It's just so vast and limitless. Oh, yeah. It's... um. Well, you know, for me, for me, it kind of resonates on a different level. I look at it as something that I'm going to always have kind of in my kit bag, you know, in the, in the back. So I think that everything that you do is, especially with jujitsu, because it, it is a very long journey. It's, um, it's very long, you know, when you start looking at guys that are, you know, have been rolling for eight, nine, ten years, and then finally reach that level of black belt, and they keep going. And you know, for me, especially for a guy that's you know in my community, I just it's just another tool. You know, so some look at it as a sport, some look at it as uh, as a tool. And for me, I look at it as a tool. It's just something that just makes me that much better at my job, makes me that much um, better as a person, and. Uh, you know, is something that I can use, you know, it's something that's very practical for me, uh, in different places that I find myself, you know, or at least places that I did find myself. So, um, that for me is the most important part of it. How much, if any, uh, training did you get inside, uh, the special forces training? Uh, how much of it was grappling related or, or did they even touch on any grappling? Uh, well, you know, they have the Modern Army Combatives Program. Uh, you know, they have uh, uh, levels one through four. And I had gone through uh, the MACP level one, which is very basic. Um, and there's there's some grappling involved in it, you know. I mean, it is very uh, grappling intensive, but, of course, it's done with kit. And uh, so you're wearing body armor and it's teaching you how to get the tools and, you know, create space and, you know, how to, how to kind of base out and stand and create that space and get to your tools. So it's a little different. And then, you know, when, then I think in the SF community, then it goes one step further and it goes to the, uh, the special operations combatives program. So the SOC P program, which is a little bit more in depth. And so some of it is grappling, um, some of it has to do with grappling. Some of it, not so much grappling. It's kind of a, it's kind of an even balance between the two. Do you uh, feel that there's a little more, uh, a little need for more, uh, more specific grappling training in there? Or do you think it's just the right balance the way that it is? Uh, no, actually, I, I think that it needs to be very grappling based. Um, if I, if I had to give my opinion on the subject, I would say that, um, it should start off with uh, uh, grappling and wrestling only because I've noticed that in my experience that whenever a new student comes in on Fort Bragg or, you know, wherever that I, I, I tend to be at when, when it's a new student, I can usually tell within the first couple of minutes, whether or not that individual used to wrestle um, or he has some grappling experience, you know, wrestlers, especially because uh, one, they don't want to be on their back and it's really hard to keep them on their back when you get them there, 
and uh, and I usually is a telltale sign for me that okay this guy used to wrestle and one of the things that I really like about wrestling is that they're very aware of their hips and they're very aware just kind of like the the uh, the economy of motion of their body is definitely they're more aware of what's going on and I think that that's a great base especially for the military that if you can take these guys and you can give them a base of wrestling and then start to migrate that into the grappling game that it would really 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 those guys would really benefit from it um the military is very it's very it's, it's definitely an odd um situation when you talk about the military and grappling and what it is and you know designing a three-week program it's very hard to take somebody who has no experience and then say hey i'm going to put this guy through a three-week program and then that's going to make that guy that you know that much better and in reality for most of us especially for you know the guys like us that compete and uh, guys like you it's 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 really hard to get somebody like you to believe that three weeks is going to do a lot um, especially for guys that have been in this journey for so long, it's like, okay, with three weeks, you know, I got it. But, uh, you know, this is, this is, this is not a three week program. Jiu-Jitsu is not a three week program. You know, it's a, it's a lifelong journey and it's something that, like you said, most of us will never master and we just keep learning and keep learning. Our game will evolve and, you know, trying to wrap up an entire culture of a martial art into three weeks is, is really hard to do. Yeah, I really, I, I think that, uh, you know, something needs to happen to where the, the military, the services are encouraged to, you know, incorporate more grappling. I, I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see that happen in the future. And also I, I deal with a lot of law enforcement and I see the importance uh, that it holds with them because, you know, if, if they can subdue somebody without having to go to their firearm and you know, possibly have to take someone's life. I mean, I think it would limit a lot of the, the kind of situations we're seeing where uh, maybe somebody could have been subdued and then they were killed. Um, of course, there's going to be the exception where, you know, there's nothing they could have done and they had to shoot the person. But I, I think the level of of confidence, the ability to grapple and and control somebody without doing uh, relatively much harm to them would definitely benefit uh, law enforcement as well. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I think that um, I think you you kind of said it perfectly when it comes to the confidence part of it. Um, you know, most guys that I see around, you know, whether they're, um, you know, more specifically, I think that when guys start to hit that level of um, like probably right around purple belt you know i think for me it's right around purple belt i can i can legitimately look at a guy and say okay this guy's a this guy's a legitimate purple belt in uh, jiu-jitsu and i think if i put him in a room with 10 other people you know i think he would have the confidence to say hey you know uh give them to me one at a time and i think i'll be fine and you know confidence like that i think it serves everybody best, especially for, you know, like you said, law enforcement, when guys can go into a room and, and, and know that, Hey, I'm going to be okay. And, um, so that's one of the things that I've really taken note of with a lot of guys is that when they start to hit that level, and I don't remember who it was that, that told me it, but, um, there's somebody somewhere along my jiu-jitsu journey that said, uh, you know, uh, a legitimate purple belt in jiu-jitsu is a, is a dangerous, dangerous guy. You know, and for that, I mean, really, you can argue even a even a really really good blue belt 
is, uh, you know, and man, that man, that guy's dangerous. And, um, you know, that's one of the things where when I talk to people and they ask me within the community, you know, why do you do jujitsu? Why do you do jujitsu? And, you know, I kind of relate it to them and I relate it to them in another way. I say, you know, if I can take an individual and I can make him, I can make him a semi shooter and I can make him a semi boxer and, you know, semi good at grappling and, you know, uh, semi good at Muay Thai and, uh, semi good at wrestling and, uh, you start to add all that up and you realize that, okay, that guy's in the top 1% in the world, you know, um, when you do that with somebody. So, um, the confidence is just, um, I mean, it's, it's insane, you know, to watch these guys go from, uh, especially on Fort Bragg, you know, you, you watch them go from somebody who has no grappling experience and you watch them go through being a white belt, blue belt to a purple belt. And they're just a completely different person. In almost every facet of their life, they're completely different. You know, I think it's remarkable. For sure, it's uh, it's one of those things where you always hear the, you know, it's kind of considered a cliche about how, uh, you know, jujitsu is both on and off the mats. How you can take these principles and and use them in in your everyday life, and it's just really cool to see. Uh, people do that and kind of make that connection between the things that they learn in class and and kind of how they handle different situations in their life it's just uh really really something special about about our art and what we do yeah it it, yeah it definitely is you know and uh and i get to see kind of both sides of it from the civilian side and from the guys that, you know, we train with on Fort Bragg and, uh, and not just Fort Bragg anymore, you know, uh, we're, we're able to start reaching out to a lot of the guys on a lot of the different posts. I think, you know, we have a lot of followers that are at, uh, you know, Fort Riley in Kansas and guys that are over in Okinawa and guys in Hawaii and, uh, people down in Texas and, uh, you know, uh, Fort Benning, Georgia. And we seem to be able to create this, uh, this following of people that, you know, a lot of them hit me up all the time and they're really super excited about, you know, what we're doing with the brand and able to kind of, uh, show, uh, kind of bring to light, you know, all the, all the soldiers, you know, you know, whether they're, you know, prior enlisted or, you know, past, you know, past and present, you know, it's, I think it's, it's really something that's kind of special for them, you know, that they can, uh, cause there's a lot of them you know, that are out there competing and training and, uh, nobody, I don't think was taking notice for a long time. So, um, that's kind of definitely one of our goals is to show everybody that, Hey, you know, the, a lot of guys in the military are, you know, men and women are training every day and, you know, trying to, uh, kind of bring it back into the military and make it something great, you know? Yeah. And I think it's important, uh, for us to note for the people listening that, you know, we're not saying that jujitsu is the the you know the solution for any different situation you may run into. Uh, I think any style that claims that you kind of be you got to be wary of it. I mean, obviously, there's certain situations where uh, going to the ground isn't going to be the most ideal thing, but I do believe that uh, jujitsu is one of the more complete arts out there. And then, like you said, if you can you know, cross train and wrestling and, and all these other things, you're going to have a pretty complete, uh, complete tool set. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely true. Um, for me, it's, uh, you know, for me personally, it's, it's one of the, the more important things for me. Um, mostly because, uh, 
with everything that I've I've done in my life, for me, jujitsu is just it's one of those things. Like I said, it's a, it's a puzzle, and um, for me, when I when I'm watching guys on the mat, especially you know for us on Fort Bragg, and watching guys grow and seeing that you know they're they're it's definitely a martial art that it requires you to think um, a lot. So for the guys, it's great because it it. It forces them to be a free thinker um, while they're while they're training, and when you watch them grow in that in that facet of the of the sport, it's it's something that uh, definitely is different than anything else that you know the guys are doing, which is why I think that it's so uh, popular with a lot of the guys because it's very cerebral in nature, you know, for for you to get out there and and to um, you know, go against somebody else and, and learn. And there's not a lot of other things out there, especially for guys in the military that are going to give them that, that sort of training. And I think that it's, it's just growing more and more, especially for, you know, um, the guys that are doing it. It's, um, I think it's just going to continue to grow. Yeah. I had the opportunity of talking with Julia a little bit about mission 22 and, she kind of put it in a in a great way in regards to maybe uh, veterans getting out of the military and, and having an activity that they can participate in that, you know, you still have a uniform, you still kind of have a, a sense of hierarchy and, and all of these other things that are kind of uh, conducive to uh, kind of the format that they've been under when they were in the service. So it kind of uh, maybe appeals to that aspect a little bit more than some other uh, activities they could get involved with. Yeah, I think that, I think that's definitely true. You know, I, I talked to a lot of guys to talk about it and, um, I don't know who started it, uh, or where it came from, but the whole jujitsu saves lives. And, uh, I'm a 100% believer in that. I think that it really does. And especially for our service members, it's, uh, like you said, these, these guys, you know, they get out, they ETS from the military and they're looking for something to do that, uh, Again, like I said, it's, it's very closely related. You know, it's a it's a it's a combat sport. So for these guys that get out, it uh, it just it just translates really really easily for them that um, that they can do it, and it still gives them that sense of fight. And um, it's a very A type personality type sport. So you know, for them to basically get out of the service and looking for something that still you know that uh, still gives them that bit of a fight is uh, is, is great and i mean I, I get a lot of people that message me and say hey man you know jiu-jitsu uh definitely has saved my life you know as a veteran you know and and that's really something that's really cool that uh that guys get a hold of you and they talk to you and you know i try to talk to as many people as i can i try to stay as connected with everybody as as uh as much as i i possibly can it's not and it's not always easy you know i still I'm still in the military, so I'm still working nine to five. And uh, but I still have my phone on me at all times, and I try to talk to as many people as I can. But that seems to be the one thing that everybody always says is that, especially on the veteran side, especially for you know our followers, it's, it's always, you know, hey, you know, jujitsu, you know, saved my life. So I think it's great, and uh, it uh, it definitely uh, goes well with the Mission Twenty Two project. Yeah, most definitely. Um, so people always assume I have a 
inside track on things with the you know the the brands that i'm sponsored by which <laughs> you know i'm i'm usually i'm usually on the same uh, at the same place as the public on the inside info but uh can you kind of tell us uh, what some of the upcoming projects you have going are yeah um so right now um the next thing that we have going well you know we did the version two which uh, I'll be sitting down at the show Royal headquarters, I think sometime right after the first to uh, really set the date that we're going to go ahead and ship out. So that's the, that's the next project that we'll close out on. And then uh, right now we're designing the first bag, which uh, we already designed it and it's already, uh, it was already designed before it was our prototype that we decided to create, but um, we weren't happy with the fact that, we didn't make it in the United States, so we scrapped it, and um, and we scrapped it. Just you know, it was just kind of one of those things. It was a it was kind of a moral and an ethical decision from our standpoint. We didn't we uh, we had made the decision to go 100% American made. So uh, we so we scrapped the bag, and I sent that down to uh, Rob at Dual Forces, and they help us out so much. It's not even funny and. So right now we're designing the bag, and we'll be sitting down the next couple of days to do the first conversion bag that we're going to do. And it'll have a little bit of a military twist to it, and uh, I think it's going to be a great project. And, um, you know, we uh, so we're, we're doing the bags. We're going to try to design three of them, three different bags. And then, of course, we have the Mission 22 Gi that we're going to be doing in the next couple months, hopefully. So we'll get that uh, project up and running. Um, so yeah, right now we'll close out the version two and then we'll do the bag and then, uh, start on the, uh, mission 22 gi, uh, which is going to, I think is going to be phenomenal and, um, we'll donate all the, uh, profit from that to the mission 22 project. Oh, and, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. It was one of those things where I sat down and, uh, I talked to bear and said, Hey man, I want to do this project. And there are other people that want to do the project as well, but. I had already spoken to uh, to our friends, and they said, "Hey, you know, we're going to let Jeff do the gi." And but for for us as a company, you know, I would never want to profit from anything like that. So um, I think we were both in agreement that the best thing that we wanted to do and create was a gi that we could release that we could all come together and you know give them give the money to the Mission Twenty Two project. I think it's going to be uh, I think it's going to be a great hit. Yeah, that's going to be huge. Um, where can people go to uh, get more information about these upcoming projects? Do you usually direct them to your site, or do you have a newsletter? Yeah, so um, for right now, we uh, pretty much usually uh, release everything on uh, on social media, and uh, we're trying to evolve the site as much as we can to try to get everything uh, get everything up to date. Um, it is a little hard to do it sometimes, but um, I think here real soon people will be able to go to the new Defion USA website and uh, see all the all the stuff that we're going to have going on. And, and we have other projects that we have going right now. We have the Gi for Soldiers campaign that we launched uh, a few months ago, and um, that's still up and running. But we'll have, a, we'll have a button that people can click on the site and go to that. And so they can kind of see where the geese are going and you know we had right we did the program for the 82nd and then uh, we're going to be doing it for 18th airborne corps then we have some friends that are over in afghanistan that need geese so i think the next one that we're going to be doing is uh for those guys and we have some friends down at camp lejeune the the marine corps 
down there that are uh, going to be on the program as well. So whenever people send their geese and stuff, we just kind of box them all up every couple of weeks. You know, it doesn't matter how many we have. I think up to date right now we've donated, I think somewhere right around about 120 geese to, uh, to some of the guys that are out there. Um, where's the best place that they can find the info on how to send you the geese and, and support that if they wanted to right now? I think for the most part, people have been hitting me up on Facebook and, uh, and asking. Um, like I said, right after the new year, we're going to have it on the website so people can go on the website and they can click on, they can click on the icon and then they'll be able to uh, see the information on where to send them to. And then uh, they'll see the information on you know, where the next group of people are getting them. So um, it's been a huge – people have really been supportive when it comes to that. Um, it's been great so far. Cool. Uh, could you spell out your uh, Facebook information for anybody that wants to get on there and hit you up and, and send a donation? Yeah, the Facebook is just the uh, just the name of the company. So it's just uh, N-O-U-S and then uh, space uh, D-E-F-I-O-N-S. And uh, they should see the new 2016 logo, the collaboration logo with uh, the skull and crossbones. And then, of course, the show your roll logo underneath it. Very cool. I'm sure you'll have a lot of people getting on there and, and showing their support. Yeah, it's been it's been great. It's been uh, it's been really cool so far that uh, we've had so many people that have donated. And uh, it's um, yeah, it was a little overwhelming at first. But, uh, you know, I think uh, thank Rob DeFranco for that. But uh, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, good, he, good, good old Rob. Yeah, he uh, he uh, he he hit me up on Facebook one day, or he might have texted me. I'm not sure which one it was, but he said, "Hey, you know, I've got some uh, I've got some geese that I'm not wearing anymore. You think you can find a home for them?" I said, "Sure, yeah, man, I'll do that." And he, he sent me the box, and then I uh, I posted the picture of the box, and then my inbox just got flooded after that, which is dozens of people that were like, "We need an address. We're going to send geese." and and I was like, okay, well, you know, that's pretty much how the program started. And um, so it kind of went from there. Well, I know a lot of us uh, heavily involved in social media, like you and me, think it's completely absurd if somebody doesn't have a Facebook account. But if they don't and they wanted to get a hold of you via email, what's your email address? Yeah, uh, so my email is uh, jeffperez at newdefionusa.com. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I know it seems crazy, but I've run into a few people recently who told me they did not have a Facebook account. They haven't drank the Kool Aid yet. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's happened a couple times. You know that uh, some people have called me and said, uh, "Hey, I'm not on Facebook, but you know, I wanna, I wanna send you some stuff." So it does happen. You know, it's um, I think uh. I think it's few and far between, but um, no, you're right. There are definitely some out there that don't have it. What would you say the importance of uh, social media, you know, that social media has played in, in helping your brand? Oh, wow. It's been, it's been absolutely crucial. It's, um, you know, I think that uh, social media is definitely, uh, it's definitely great for, uh, for the networking portion of it. And, to try to stay connected as much as you can with everybody that's following you, it's um, I think it's it's definitely vital to have. It's um, and it's been great so far. So um, you know, I've had no complaints. It seems that uh, uh, I, I you know, it just grow, it just keeps growing. 
So, um, you know, I think it's definitely something that you have to have um, more so because uh, I think with social media, especially with, you know, Facebook and Instagram, it gives it gives people a little bit of a chance to, you know, try to try to form a, a personal relationship with you. And then that way they see everything that you guys are doing and what you're working on. So, you know, that's how we try to handle it anyways. That's great to hear. Um, I know it's played a big part in my business and in my presence online. And I kind of think that's one of the things that people uh, maybe don't understand or slack on a little bit when they're trying to start their brand or or build their their business up is just the how crucial you know, social media and your web presence are yeah it's um yeah it's it's definitely it's definitely a little bit of a, of a journey that you have to take i know for me it was um you know it was it was it was hard for me at the beginning because I didn't really understand a lot about it, you know, and I, I definitely think, and I give credit, a lot of credit to Bear actually at Show Your Roll because I remember when I was first launching it, I was, he's a, you know, for me, he's a, you know, great mentor, you know, and one of the things that he was, you know, always trying to kind of hammer home with me was that, you know, don't, don't worry about the t-shirts, don't worry about don't worry about merchandise. Don't worry about all of that kind of stuff that you you think that you want to be engaged in. And instead, just you know, build the brand and build a following and try to create a culture, you know, with the name and the logo. And you know, if you can do that, then you know you can you can start worrying about the other stuff later. So that's what really what we tried to do was uh, was create a culture and a following. And um, you know, once we were able to do that, and we really knew that. Hey, you know, this is something that we're going to be able to do because we have enough people that are, you know, behind behind that, you know, our specific culture and what it is that we're trying to do with the, you know, the Make It in America campaign and, um, you know, uh, everything else kind of followed in line. Well, you def- definitely you're doing a great job with the branding. It's definitely uh, one of the most recognizable brands out there right now, and I know a lot of people are really excited to see the the things to come in the future uh, is there anything else that you'd like to let the listeners know about or, or or share before we before we call it a night on here um well let's see um a lot of great things coming in 2016 super excited um we are going to have uh three more uh we're gonna have three more athletes joining the uh joining the team so to speak in the beginning of the year and you know, I'm super excited to announce that uh, as we hit the new year, and um, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and uh, we're going to keep creating everything in the United States. And uh, that is one thing that I wanted to touch on that I had gotten a lot of people asking me about, uh, you know, the T-shirts and uh, and why it is we decided to go the route that we did. And uh, I guess I'll take take a couple minutes and kind of explain that. But yeah, uh, yeah, please do. Yeah, so a lot of people, a lot of people always kind of question and ask us exactly, you know, what goes into our shirt and what makes it different than anybody else's shirt. And one of the things we try to really do, um, you know, with the brand is kind of make people a little bit more, con- a little bit more consumer savvy in what's going on with clothing. And you know, for us, you know, our shirts are uh, they're a little bit different in the sense that you know the cotton is grown in North Carolina and. 
you know, is picked and it goes to the cotton gin and it goes to the manufacturer and, you know, the t-shirts are made and they're, um, you know, they're enhanced printed. And basically what that means is that there's no plastisols, there's no, there's no harmful chemicals that go into the creation of the shirt and they don't, they don't crack, fade or shrink. And, and that was important for us because, um, you know, shirts that are screen printed, you know, they, uh, as we sweat and our pores open up, you know, all those, all those uh, harmful chemicals and stuff can enter the skin. So we wanted to create something that was safe. And more importantly, we wanted to make sure that, you know, every dollar that was spent and every dollar that we bring in was going to Americans and, and you know, going in their pockets. So for us, that's, that's just really important for us. So I like to think that, you know, somewhere along the line, you know, when you have that 100%, uh, uh, financial transparency that, you know, people can kind of appreciate the fact that, you know, when they buy one of our t-shirts that, you know, 100% of everything goes to, uh, you know, the, the make it in America campaign and the, uh, it goes to all the farmers. It goes to, it just stays in the United States, you know, which is great, you know, great for us. So, um, that's really what we try to do is, uh, is create and design, for other companies and kind of push their products into the limelight a little bit to show that, Hey man, you know, these, these are all great companies and they're all, they're all making it in house, you know, and they're not going overseas. So, you know, super important. Well, I'm really looking uh, forward to getting my hands on one of those shirts. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to, I'll be sending you guys some. So we have all the new ones that are being coming in the beginning of the year and uh, we'll be sending them all out to the guys that, uh, that we sponsored for 2015 and you know every time we have something new comes out we'll be pushing it your guys's way and we're super excited for it you know i think uh i think you guys will like everything that we're gonna gonna send your way i'm sure i'm gonna like it and my only issue is gonna be explaining to my wife why i have more jujitsu shirts yeah yeah well (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's uh yeah well you know yeah those she's, are good problems to have. She she's very understanding. She uh, she gives me a hard time about it, but I know that she uh, she supports it, so it's all good. You know, she even gave up, you know, her quarter of a closet for it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yours is definitely uh, yours is definitely unique. You know, I think you and you and Donna, you guys got it. Uh, you guys, uh, yeah, you guys are something else. We've got a problem. <laughs> yeah well you know the way i look at it is that you know it's a it's a good problem to have it is and it's a problem that can only be solved by buying more show your role in my opinion yeah i think that's uh i think that's probably the only way to uh, <laughs> the only way to deal with it but uh you know awesome well brother i really appreciate you being my second guest on the on the podcast here and uh this is going to be a double feature that's also going to uh, feature a shorter interview with Julia from Mission 22. So I'm just real honored that I was able to interview both you guys within a few days and and that you uh, agreed to come on and share some information and be part of my podcast. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it as well. And uh, like I said, anything we can do to support you, I think, uh, I think we're definitely uh, grateful for it. I appreciate it, brother. Well, listen, uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and your family, and uh, look forward to talking to you again real soon. Same to you, brother. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye.